Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. So exclusive with Renata um, Porter, who's prov- who provides consulting services to young companies and nonprofit youth sports organizations. She works in leadership practices, organization excellence, and strategic planning. She wants to see people take action, and we're going to be taking action today uh, to discuss a lot. So do not go anywhere. Stay tuned. Stay locked in. This is the Transfer View Live Show. Hello, good people, and back for another break. When I tell you that I was ecstatic when I found out that my Milwaukee Bucks won the NBA championship, I did go Buck Wild. <laughs> and this is exactly what Buck Wild Designs are doing. They are helping everyone go Buck Wild. They started by supporting the Milwaukee Bucks on their playoff run all the way to the NBA championship, but they have something brewing in the tank right now. They're going to be helping you go buck wild for your favorite team. So whether you are a hockey fan, baseball fan, football fan, you want to cheer on even the Bears, (laughs) Buck Wild Designs will hook you up. They haven't rolled it out yet, but their website is in the making. So buckwildtshirts.com is where you can visit, get on their mailing list. You do not want to be last in line because once they roll out, it will be hard. <laughs> so make sure you check it out right now. Buckwildtshirts.com. Let them know that Transform You Live show sent you right over. Your favorite boy, Marcus Hart. Okay, uh, so hello everyone. Uh, welcome back to the uh, Transform You Live show. Hello, Transformers. So we are here today with Miss Porter. Uh, I want to make sure I said her name correctly. What is it, Renata, or is it? Is Renata? You got it. That's right. It's Renata. Oh, you got man. it. Right. <laughs> so I'm one for one today. So uh, that's right. So that my record is one for one because yesterday in the oh, workout. I left my maiden name out. My maiden name is Polino, and when people look at that, they just think they butcher my name all the way around. So. <laughs> I probably would have got that one too. (laughs) (laughs) They they heard me on the other side, share a little bit uh, about you and and about what you're doing so far to to help young companies uh, and to help nonprofit youth sports. In your own words, just just tell us a little bit about your background and and how you have transformed into doing what you're doing and and what your journey's looking like. Okay, great. Thanks. So I, I, before I went out on my own, basically, I spent like the last 10 years, um, probably more than that, in uh, leadership roles, all the way from middle management up to director roles. And in the last 10 years, I made the rounds as far as being the individual they call in to fix a project, fix a department, help other managers, that kind of thing. I joke around about becoming like a serial fixer, but um, not somebody that they would let just implement so they could fix their own problems. So when I had decided to move out on my own and do this for my own work, because I really, 
I, I, I loathe theory. I, I, I hate that super high level woo woo stuff. I'm all about action. I want to see people, people succeed and move forward. And while I follow theories, it's more about, okay, great. So let's, what are the steps? What do we do? So I wanted to go out on my own and we did, I was living in New Zealand with my family for 10 years and we moved home. And so I started the business when we moved home and completely underestimated how hard it would be to start a business after being out of the country for 10 years. I had no contacts. I had nobody to, to lean on. And so it was a really rough start. And it was all about organizational design. How do you lead? How do you manage? How do you get yourself structured? And I had an old friend that I grew up with that I swam with. I was a swimmer growing up. And she called me and said, I really want to apply some of your principles to my club. And it was just like a big epiphany. I enjoyed myself so much in working with them. And even in my own experience and being a president of a nonprofit, I was like, oh my God, there need this, this is such a gap. It's needed because youth sports is, as everybody knows, it's such a huge impact on children. And I attribute a lot of my success in me as an individual and in decision-making, goal-making, all to my youth sports growing up. So yeah. it was, I just wanted to be able to really shake the trees with the board and the volunteer staff and getting them to understand that it's not just a kid's sports team. Like it's actually a business, it's an organization and okay, how can you make your impact? So that's where I'm at right now and I'm enjoying the heck out of myself. Yeah. So why, why is that though? Why, why do you think it's, it's only look, looked at in that matter and, and that many, you know, leaders make that uh, mistake by not trying to get structure in a way to, to advance the programs in a way uh, you would a Fortune 500 company or any other small right. business. They just say, okay, they're just kids. We don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that concept when you're talking about maybe the coach and you're talking about a development athlete or a development team, their approach to the youth should be a little bit different than your higher caliber or your elite athletes. But if you were to pull back and think about the actual business side of the organization, I just don't think most families just know I signed my kid up for soccer or for swimming and, and they don't recognize they know it's a nonprofit or a charitable organization. They don't really recognize that an organization actually means a business and they have a, a duty to serve their members. And I just don't think people, I, I just don't think that connection happens. I just don't think people get it. And I would never advocate for a youth sports program to be run like a fortune 500 company. I just would never advocate for that, but there's pieces of that that I absolutely advocate for. Like, right. where is your structure? The president actually has to be a leader. The treasurer actually has to have some common sense about accounting. This is all really common sense stuff, but usually it's, okay, whoever wants to be on the board, I got a kid on the team, I'll get on the board. And not understanding that there's a skill set required, there's time required. And I think getting clubs to understand and conceptualize that this is bigger than just volunteering for your kid's sport. Like when you get on the board, you're setting the direction, the goals, the strategic plans, you're putting things in action. So you can give all those different opportunities to the athletes. And just like I said, a developing athlete needs some type of excitement as much as the elite athlete. And the only way you can do that is if you've got a board that works 
along with uh, a, a great coaching staff to deliver on objectives. So you got to step back and go, it's not, it's not just a kid's sport. Yeah. And speaking of barking, how can we get that message across to them without barking at them, without saying, Hey, listen, I put my kid on the team because I, I do think they got the potential to one day be professional uh, or, mm. one, or one day be collegiate and, and they, they have to start getting that practice right away. Yeah, I think we, if you spend the money on coaches, I'm talking about from a board perspective, if you're spending the money on your coach, let your coach and the board should be there to support them. What do you need? Do you need field time? Do you need more equipment? Do you need pool space? What do you need? We're here to support you, right? So if you get them working in tandem, that's how, that's how you support and uplift your board. Um, sorry, your coaches. And then also ensuring that they have the right coaches, right? Yeah. Not just anybody who wants to sign. Sometimes you just have to go with parents. But sometimes when you're talking about kids who are moving up into a higher caliber or even in an elite status, you're looking at a professional coach. I don't mean like professional sports coach, a person who has dedicated their career to being a coach. And you need to make sure they have the mentors they need. You need to make sure they have access to the latest information and development opportunities. You need to make sure they have the right supporting coaches, whether it's an assistant coach or a team of assistant coaches, whatever it is. So I think, first of all, from a parent perspective and a volunteer perspective, let the coaches coach, but you also need to enable them to coach. My barking comes at the board. <laughs> I do a lot of barking at boards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yet people really look at, at youth sports and they don't really see the intricates of, uh, of what you're talking about right now. Yeah. And these moving pieces are so important. And this is a conversation that needs to, needs to happen like <laughs> on a quarterly basis, just with the parents in the room, with the, you know, especially with those who want to be coaches uh, of these youth sports mm -hmm. so that they know that, hey, this is a real business here. I think the boards do that. Just to your point, I think the boards do themselves an injustice because they don't talk about the fact that, hey, we are a nonprofit organization. We have a duty. We have responsibilities, right? We're not just a bunch of parents getting around sharing a, a meal every once in a while or standing on deck every once in a while. And I think they need to talk in a way that, that they understand that you take your volunteership very seriously. All the way from the president, vice president, treasurer, secretary, to the person who's raking the sandpit. And I think getting everybody on that page of understanding that it doesn't matter how big or how seemingly small your responsibilities are, they are things that are noted by the board. They are things that are structured by the board. There's a process behind it. Right. I think I joke around a lot with boards. Like even if you're running a concession stand, maybe you don't have a process doc, but you should have a checklist. You can't just assume that everybody knows to put the hot dogs on 20 minutes or 30 minutes before everybody arrives. Like just stuff like that, just simple stuff like that. So it's really just getting them to flip the switch mentally to become more organized. And I think the problem with boards right now is not only do they not vocalize, when they do vocalize, they're not, they know they need help, mm -hmm. but they don't sit down and put the thought on paper or just the thought around what do you need help with? 
What are you? What are your expectations? And how much time do you expect from that volunteer? And I think that's the biggest thing that people do wrong. Oh, yeah, it's just a little bit. And then the person signs up and find out it's actually 20 hours a week. Everybody fails, right? They didn't plan on donating 20 hours a week. Yeah, I think boards and organizations, they do themselves a disservice when it comes to these sports. They're not structured and then they don't ask for the reality of what they need. They try to hide it because they're scared of scaring people off, but then that's what ends up happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Amateur Athletic Union, uh, the AAU, they, I think they have done a terrific job, you know, of becoming like one of the largest nonprofit volunteer sports organizations in the U.S. To their credit, what I, I know you have probably looked at their model like countless times and they do a their basketball. <laughs> it's just one of the popular ones. It, right. What are they doing? What are they doing that maybe some of these other clubs and organizations are not doing? I think the benefits of the AAU is being part of an organization that puts forth some structure. So that's going to be the same for any, whether it's USA soccer, USA swimming, whether it's a different coaching association, whatever it may be in that sport, you get the opportunity of kind of someone leading the board and going, this is what we expect from our president. This is what we expect from our local, our regional offices. Well, let's be honest, as big as AAU is, I, I, I don't know, but I would guess that it's, it's not even half of youth sports across the country. Yeah. So there's all these other organizations and some in my local area, there's the Lions Club that is very involved in peewee football and baseball. So there are other organizations that help shape youth sports, but by and large, even sometimes when you have an organization that the sport reports into, sometimes it's all about the coach and it's all about the athlete. Yeah. It is not about the business side of running an organization. So a lot of times the boards end up just being people who are raising their hand because they have a child athlete on the team and not because they have the skill set for that particular role. And not every role requires a specific skill set. Like anybody can probably show up on time and work in the concession or work on the field or that kind of stuff. But when you're looking for a board secretary, you absolutely want someone who can build rapport, relationships, is incredibly detailed. So there are skill sets that go with those board roles and even subcommittee roles. So if right. you've got a, a board that's, shoot, they've raised money to do a capital project and they want to build, I'll use swimming because, you know, swimming is close to my heart. So they have a capital project to build a pool. That's a very specific individual you need to run that project. Yeah, because it's, and, and I think that's one of the, the biggest problems in, especially with the smaller ones, you start towing that line a bit. And I think who's ever involved in the, in the selecting and the voting process, uh, they start feeling a little guilty. Oh, that's Tom down the street and he has little Nikki on the team and we will definitely feel bad if we don't get him a position. So do, do you go in having that conversation saying, hey, we can't be friends here all the time? And... <laughs> yeah, I think when I work with people, I try to remind them that you as a board member set the direction for the incoming boards. And that's the nature of nonprofits. It's a constant turnover. Right. And so I think what's important for boards to set the stage 
even if you have the completely wrong board currently, is to, to recognize and understand that you want to be different and do better. And they need to understand that they as individuals, if they sit on the board, they have responsibilities, they have a duty of care legally, there's ethical things they're legally responsible for. There's, there's certain things that they are on the hook for if things are wrong. Like money's the easiest example oh, to yeah, give yeah. you. Okay. So if too many people have their fingers in the, in the pie and there's no accountability or reporting actions to, and I know that sounds silly to some of the audience listening, but I cannot tell you how many clubs I've talked to who have no clue, except for twice a year, they look into what's happening to their finances, which is going to be too late for somebody who's doing something wrong. That person, obviously, who's doing the wrong thing is going to be held accountable, but guess who else is going to be held accountable? The board their faces are going to be in the paper. So I try to impress upon them the severity of it. And then I try to impress upon them the opportunity of it. I understand that everybody wants to be a volunteer, but how you need to approach it is that you want the right butts in the right seats. It's no different than a business, right? So I'm not going to have a project manager move into an engineer role. There, that's two different mindsets, right? The same thing with sports. If you have specific roles that require specific skills, it, there's nothing wrong with telling your membership, we want to elevate our game. We want to move forward. We want to support our team so they have broader opportunities. We want to support our coaches so they have broad. We want to be the places that coaches want to come and work. In order to do that, then you need to be okay with saying, these are the skills we need. This is the time requirements. We've set our strategic plan, or guess what? Next board member, next board needs to set the strategic plan and be okay with that. Sorry, that's a long-winded way to answer your question, but I think <laughs> they just need to be okay with saying we want to do the right thing. It's really something that's really starting to hit front page news across, across the country. There was uh, a local organization uh, here, the Runner Rebels. They were in the news quickly, just uh, just recently. There's something came out about the Runner Rebels with um, with a with the I think it was the UNLV uh, basketball program. It was I can't quite remember what it was, but yeah. But put from what I from what I can remember about it. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new Spirit Park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com spiritpark. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get my... It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember it straight. <laughs> but yeah, but sports fixing. So it's fixing games. So it was fixing games. 
there was a lot of fixing. Uh, they were involved in fixing games and uh, at the college level. At the college level, but it's it started, but it started though at the AAU level, and then it, it, and they were scouting a particular particular student that that they, they promised something, and this student made his way into the unit you know, a V and it continued. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. that particular person who was associated with the Red and Rebels continued to swap money. And it was pretty nasty. So how do we keep the integrity of, of our board members? I guess that's a short question. It's a short, <laughs> the short question. Yeah. Uh, listen, I think it doesn't matter in any walk of life, any business, family, <laughs> friends, there's always going to be the the person or people who don't make the best decisions. And all you can do is take on board what you believe is right. And for a board or for an organization that has someone within their organization that's doing things that are illegal or ethically wrong, it has to be, it has to be an immediate dismissal and it has to be an immediate transparency and approaching their the public, their membership. I, I don't know about the college level, about what that, what all that entails. It comes out in the public anyways. Right. So why wouldn't you want to be in front of it and look at like an op, like an organization that said, holy crap, we didn't realize this was going on. We took care of it. We apologize. And you're going to get flack no matter what, but wouldn't you rather have that flack than like for it to go on for years? And then go, oh my God, dude, no. You know, it's called out in the paper and then also the boards in the paper. So I think for me, people used to say I'm very you know, black and white when it comes to decisions. It's either this way or this way. And I feel like I am a little bit of gray, but there's certain areas that I just don't mess with. That it's kind of, man, if it's wrong, it's just wrong. If it's against the law, it's against the law. It doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not. If you don't agree with it, then change it. But it's yeah. at that point in time, you have to do what is right for your membership. And I think that's the biggest thing with, with, with these clubs. When you get, you get board members on there who have an, an elite athlete of themselves, their kid is an elite, they want everything for that kid's group. And unfortunately, if you're a representative, it has to be about the entirety of the membership from the kid who just joined from the elite child. So I think when you're faced with major issues like that, let's swimming has something called safe sport, but I think every sport has something like that where you do the background checks and you do your due diligence. They're there for a reason. So when it comes down to breaking the law, you just, you nip it in the bud. Don't put it off. And I just think you got to maybe think a little bit more clearer about the people that you bring into the organization. And if they hold a seat of importance, of influence, then you need to double check them. You need to look behind what's going on. For sure. Yeah, I, I can't agree with you more on that one. And yeah, like you said, there's going to be some bad actors everywhere. And it's really hard to like fan them out initially. But once you do, you got to uh, get rid of them. Now, what else should we really be, you know, aware of in terms of this industry and, and just what, or maybe just what the work you're doing, what type of things that maybe we haven't touched on uh, that maybe you like to say right now? I think I really, I think over the last, I would say probably five to 15 years, volunteerism in sports has really gone down. 
people's lives are busy. We get it. There's so much to do. But I think even if you could volunteer a few hours and volunteer in a way that applies your skill set, right. right? It doesn't necessarily have to be a big role. It can be a smaller role. And I think if you're clear and say, I've got three hours a week, I've got three hours a month, whatever it is, you make that clear to the, to, to the club that you want to participate. I think everybody has an opportunity to bring real value. I think the other, the ugly side of like, when I think of specific sports, sometimes you get bad behavior from parents, right? So that's why a lot of clubs don't really want to ask for volunteers. So there's expectation setting. Great. Want to be a volunteer? Here's how we, this is our ethics. This is how we behave. This is how we operate. And when a club makes their volunteers a matter of purpose, when they let them know that they value them, they treat them like they value them. They recognize them when they have a structure that says, great, you want to be X. This is what it is. So the person comes in, I know what I'm doing. I know how I can deliver. I know I can add value. Then it just creates a culture of being a well-supported, volunteer-supported organization. And then what happens is there's no gaps because you've got people to pluck from and put them wherever you need them and to, and, and to use and so I really would like, I guess there's two things. I really would like families to try to get back into doing a little bit more with their youth sports than coming at the games and, or the meets and, and cheering. Like I would love for them to give back in some way, shape or form. I would also like the boards to really take a good look at them, their structure and themselves and how they operate and how can they add a little bit more rigor to their organization. Now, again, I wouldn't recommend that they try to behave like a fortune 500. You don't need that kind of rigor, but you do need structure. And I have a, have a website that's built just for the volunteers of sports organizations it's called yoursportsresource.com. And if they go there, it's a really affordable membership site and I've got tools and articles and on-demand courses and there's webinars and it's just a way for people to go and get information without having, I would love for everybody to hire me as their consultant, but I also know that people don't have the time or the money to be able to do something like that. So sometimes just going to a website with tools actually works. And I think actually I have a, if you do yoursportsresource.com forward slash bonus, you can get a free tool on your volunteers, how to maintain, how to attract and maintain your volunteers. So that might be helpful to them. But I just would like boards to ask, put a little bit more rigor. And I would just like to ask families to give up their skill set to their local sports club. That's outstanding. And, mm -hmm. and just on that volunteerism, maybe just to expand on that a little bit and go deeper into that. With how we can reward those who do take the time out to volunteer and just to encourage them to come back as far as retention. Mm -hmm. Is there a one size fit all way to do that? Or does that vary from region to region? Or just with the I don't think so. of people you work with? I don't think so. I think it's no different than an organization, right? I think the coaches and the board need to openly recognize their volunteers. And, and I don't mean just the one that put together a giant event. I also mean the dad who shows up every Saturday 
and rakes the pit and wasn't asked to. I'm talking about actually recognizing them, saying thank you to them. I think saying thank you personally, I think saying thank you openly anytime that you're in the paper, that you're in front of an audience, that you know, you're in front of your own membership, you should thank your volunteers first. I think you need to give recognition and it doesn't have to be some big massive party or award ceremony. I think if your club has an opportunity to be in the paper and the coach says, I'd like to actually say that a lot of what we do and what we do well is because we have great volunteers. Heck, I just think that people in general, if they know that they're valued, they want to give back more. If they know that the club is not wasting their time and their effort, they want to be there. They want to help support. So I don't think it's, you have to do this here and this there. I think it all comes down to acceptance and recognition and thanking them. And how a club decides to do that is up to them. It just needs to be a mental priority that takes place. That's really important. And I think people don't put that at the front of their minds, especially when they're winning, especially mm -hmm. when things are going good and when there's just this culture of, okay, let me make sure I thank the players, thank, mm -hmm. thank the parents that support the players and my family, and yeah. that's all I can think of. <laughs> so, you, got, you got refs. Yeah, you got refs. Right? You yeah. got linemen. You, yeah. you got, yeah, name the sport. You got yeah. timers. You got people who set up. You got people who break down. You got concession. You got other kinds of sales. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. There's so there's much lot. that there's happens. A yeah, there's yeah. a lot of moving parts. And just in practice, there's a lot of moving yeah, parts. Exactly. Just making sure that everybody shows up on time and brings their equipment. And the equipment manager actually remembers to bring the equipment. You know, it, it doesn't matter. There's all kinds of areas that people can donate their time and can be thanked for donating their time. Exactly. I think it does start at the top. Whoever the, the president is at that board, uh, they have to set the tone for that too. Absolutely. Uh, it, and it start start being the first to come out and say, hey, thank you. And then give the reminder to the coaches to, to thank them as well and tell them to, you know, pass, to pass, uh, pass along the thank yous. So that's real crucial. Uh, so Absolutely. That can go a long way. Now, uh, when you do work with someone, what is the first thing you, you usually like looking for? Do they usually tell you what the problem is, is uh, initially, or, or you go in and you try to inventory the problem? Sorry. <laughs> I think that most of the time when clubs come to me, they don't tell me the whole truth, but they know they have problems. I don't always get the whole story, but I do get, we need help here and here. I do an intake call and I have a good conversation with them. And then we, I build up a proposal about, okay, this is what I think you need to work towards. And this is, this is the deliverables that'll come out of that. But always, it never seems to fail when I'm there and I'm working with them as a group everything else starts coming out. And, and I'm okay with that because if you're, remember, I'm all about action, right? So 
even though I signed on to do X, if things are popping up and I recognize that they're going to stop X from happening, I want to solve X. So I'm there. Let's hammer it out. Let me challenge you. Why is it a problem? Is it you? Is it the other person? Is it your process? Is your thinking wrong? Is your thinking you don't know how to implement or execute? Usually they come to me with knowing that they've got problems. Sometimes it's just a board that doesn't get along and doesn't have the right leadership to, to help enable them to make sure that they actually listen to each other and have good productive debates and conversations in order to get the best outcomes. But yeah, usually they tell me what's going on, but I always find out more when I'm with them. <laughs> it's never that easy. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah. It's so many different personalities. <laughs> it's great for me. I love yeah, it. it. If is. everybody shows up with the intention of a great outcome, right. they may not like, the approach they may not like what everybody has agreed uh -huh. upon but everybody agrees on where they're going and the outcome so that. they start to work together in order to to deliver they get it yeah. but sometimes people just need that mediator sometimes they just need that person to stand in the middle of the room and challenge thoughts celebrate other thoughts and just really pick away at what's the best approach. This has been wonderful and very insightful and very informative uh, for oh, myself. For and I, I know, know the audience is going to, you know, really, you know, pick, really pick your, pick from your brain, especially if they, they're looking to start their, their own nonprofit organization. Mm. I, to be honest with you, I'm already thinking about it myself with baseball, thinking about a baseball nonprofit, baseball team. I might be calling you because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to start. Me and my cousin was talking, my older cousin, me and him was talking about it the other day. And uh, he said, man, we got these kids and there's still needs, we still need more things for them to do. And, you know, yeah. uh, we know there's clubs out there, but you know, it seems like it's always basketball. You know, in football, there's not a lot enough baseball here in our city. Right. So we're thinking about baseball. Yeah. And then my son, he's interested in baseball. So, but yeah, that's an even bigger motivator. Uh, so <laughs> now we got to get a, the right board together. So. That's right. That's right. And, and I want to commend you for that, for yeah. recognizing that there's a gap in the community and right. wanting to do something about it. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But like you said, doing it and setting it off in the right direction, establishing the right intentions just do wonders for, for getting the club going. It'll set the pace for your membership and the types of volunteers that you get. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the biggest part right there, intention. You right. Know, intention is everything. You set the intention and and it's come from, come from a good place. I, I, it flourishes from there. And yeah. calling people like you, you know, it, it has, <laughs> has, has the best, best intentions in place. Yes. So thank you so much. Uh, tell us again on what your website is and how we can get, get that information and, 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 and much, much more. Okay. So I have two websites. So the bulk of my consulting is out of RenataPorter.com. So R-E-N-A-T-A-P-O-R-T-E-R.com. And then the membership site to gain information for sports is YourSportsResource.com. And you can always reach me at rp at renataporter.com or you can find me on LinkedIn forward slash Renata Porter. So it's all about me and my name. And that, that seems a little self-serving, but it's just how we Oh, out. we know who to call. So that's, that's right. that, that helps us. So Marketing boy, that's what it was. That's perfect. <laughs> you know, we, we know who to associate what with. We know that if we call someone, we're not going to get a robot or something. So that's, that's right. It's personal. I like it. I like it. Thank right. you. So, uh, I appreciate you having me and, and giving me the platform to talk about what I do and what I'm thoroughly enjoying. I'm open for business, guys. You need help, just let me know. Outstanding.
Okay. Right. So, so ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, those who joined us today, and uh, and we want to shout out Darren who who gave us his his good tidings today, and he said he enjoyed the conversation, uh, and found it very informative. Darren out there, thank you for joining the live stream, and also we got a couple others who was also on the live stream out there on Twitch. We see you and YouTube and D Live and. Uh, countless others we appreciate you and those who's going to watch the playback and the recording we appreciate you as well thank you uh, for all your efforts to support us and continue to support us and do support miss porter and all that she's doing and check out her information on her website she plugged it and we're going to put it in the description that's up below or to the side or left however you are viewing and are listening take the time out right now if you haven't already to share with someone someone you don't know share on your personal timeline as that does help to further the message that you have heard today. Comments are appreciated. If you didn't comment during the live broadcast, you can still comment right now. We will take those comments into consideration. And if there's something that you don't understand and you have questions about and you need further expounding about, I will pass it along to Renata. She'll get, she, I'm pretty sure she'll get back to you. So. That's right. <laughs> uh, and of course, as always, subscribe, subscribe. Um, we appreciate your subscriptions. If you want to be a transformer, we got much room for more transformers um, as we want to continue to transform your life. Uh, this is the Transform Me Live Show with your host, Marcus Hart. Until next time, many blessings, peace, and lots of love. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.